The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Come just to our hands towards heaven and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. The Lord's good. Rabados, Prahash, Lahari, Hebron, Dadaki, Supra Adi, Devos, Rahadisti, Legros, Praadi, He says, Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. 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 You may be seated. All right, praise the Lord. All right, everyone watching online, won't you just do something for us? All right, just help us share the links to the service on your social media pages on a TL. So that we can get a lot of people into this and they can be blessed by the teaching of God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, welcome to the new month of February. We are going to be looking at, we're going to have an awesome time this February. Praise God. As I praise God. Amen. In all our churches and all our centers, those of you watching from everywhere, you're welcome to the service. Praise God. Now, we're going to be looking at the subject title The Fruitful Vine. The fruitful vine, and you know, it's such an important teaching series because what we want to address here is a believer's conduct. The believer's conduct. Now, conduct is a very important aspect of your Christian worship. Very important aspect of the Christian worship, and it is so so essential that we produce fruits in this area. All right, Apostle Peter, when talking about this, he said that if any man all right, lack these things. If any man lack these things, in any man lack these things, praise God. He says the man is blind. He has forgotten, all right, that he has been saved and washed from his sins. So the believer is not just saved by the remission of his sins. That remission was accompanied by the infusion of the life of God in him. Now let's turn our Bibles to St. John's Gospel, chapter number 3 and verse 15 into 16. Very popular scripture. I many a times like to ensure we quote that scripture, if you notice, in many of my sermons. I always like putting that there for you to understand that it is a foundational scripture. It's a foundational scripture because it tells us what God did in Christ and the reason why God did it. So powerful. It says that whosoever believeth in him all right, let me use my own screen. He says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not have, perish, but have everlasting life. So everlasting life there is Ionos Zoe. Ionos Zoe, all right? It's talking about the life that God gives. When a man believes in Jesus, what God gives him is a life that will never end. A life that will never end. Are you no Zoe? Now, so when we study the man in Christ, when we look at the epistles, we find out that there's a certain consistent terminology that is used to describe this man who has received Jesus. All right, we find consistently, all right, that this man who has received Jesus has received life. 
Glory to God. The Bible says, Jesus in St. John chapter 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am what? The life. So that means if a man receives Jesus, all right, he has received what? Life. So that means in the absence of Jesus, a man cannot have life. The absence of Jesus is the absence of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter number 2, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse 1. And look at what it says. Let's just look at it for a minute here. Ephesians 2 and verse 1, Paul says, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So this is a description of the man without Christ. It's a description of the man without Christ. It says, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So this man that is dead in trespasses and sins did not have Jesus. Because if he had Jesus, he will not be dead in trespasses and sins, because Jesus is what? His life. In two, he now says, wearing in time past, ye walked. Okay, which means this state of being dead in trespasses and sins, all right, programs this man to have a way that he walks. Hallelujah. So the man without Jesus has a way he walks by nature, because there is a principle at work in this man without Jesus. He says, wherein in time past, he walked according to the course of this world. According to the course of this world. The word course here is talking about, is talking about the, uh, the ways of this world. Praise God. The ways of this world. The way they do things. According to the course. The word course here is the Greek word aeon. Aeon means dispensation. It means age. All right, it means dispensation and age. So it says the aeon of this world, the age of this world. So that means there is a way this world operates. There are principles at work in this world, and the principles at work in this world and this age is a principle of sin and death. All right, it's a principle, all right, designed by the prince of the power of the air. So it says, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. So, the man without Jesus has a spirit at work in him. Paul calls this spirit the prince of the power of the air. Hallelujah. Where we, are, we talk about principalities and powers. Glory to God. Principalities and powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world. Amen. Alright. We have spiritual wickedness in high places. So, you have there the strata of demonic personalities that are in charge of the course of this world. And there is, a, there is a behavior, a conduct. These demonic principalities sponsor in men. Hallelujah. He calls it the spirit of disobedience. Now you notice that if there is disobedience, it means there was an instruction given that was not obeyed. Are you following? So that is when he's saying the spirit of disobedience, he's talking about demonic spirit who sponsor disobedience to the gospel. Remember what the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4. It says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are what? That are what? Lost. In whom the God of this world, that is the prince of the power of the air, has blinded their minds. Are you, are you, are you following? Which means there is an involvement of Satan in the blindness 
of the hearts of men that have not believed the gospel. And the man who has not believed the gospel and is dead in his trespasses and sins, glory to God, has a lifestyle that, all right, is sponsored by the operation of the demonic spirit in him. So you have that the sinner, all right, the manifestation of his conduct, his thinking pattern, I'm going to show you from scripture today, is sponsored by two entities. His flesh, all right, that is his unregenerated side, all right, the part of him, all right, the, 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 uh, his flesh, that is his spirit that is lost, his mind that is, all right, um, controlled by his spirit that is lost, all right, and the expression of the same in his body, all right. Then we also have the part that the devil plays. Because the man who is not born again, all right, will easily yield his mind, easily yield his body to the devil. Hallelujah. He will yield his mind, yield his body to the devil. So he will be involved with sorcery. He will be involved with consulting um, um, what, what mediums, all right? He will be involved in fornication, adultery, and all of that. Why? Because it's easy for him to yield his body. Because he's under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. So the prince of the power of the air, notice the prince of the power of the air, when he says the prince of the power of the air, he's not talking about um, the sky. Amen. The prince of the power of the air is referring to, all right, um, is referring to the invincible realm. Glory to God, because you can't see air. So the invincible realm is referring to that. It's referring to the invincible realm. It's telling us that these spirits are in the realm of the spirit. They are in the realm of invisibility. And they are the ones walking in the children of disobedience. So when you are dealing with an unbeliever, you must be very, very, very careful to note that you are dealing also with forces, glory to God, keeping that unbeliever in the state of unbelief. Hallelujah. Then when you, uh, you understand that there is a lifestyle you find in that unbeliever. Now what we want to address is that those, that lifestyle you find in that unbeliever, we must not now see it in the man who is a, who is a believer. Because he is not under the influence or he is not under the authority of those spirits. He's been born again. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Praise God. So look at what he now says. He says in three. He, say, let's have, he said, And you at he quicken. Now, the word quicken in two, two one is the word zoipoyo. Okay? Zoipoyo. Now, in the King James Version, if you look at Ephesians 2 1, you will find that the word quickened. Is in italics. Is that correct? Is that correct? It's in italics. So people say, oh, it wasn't there. So he says, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Because if you read it without the italics, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Are you following? Are you following? I'm reading without the italics. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Three. Among whom also we all what? We all what? We all had our conversation. The word conversation there is better translated way of life. Anastrophe. That's what it is in the Greek. Anastrophe means way of life. That means this was how we behaved. You understand? So he said, uh, all right. Among whom also we all had our way of life in time past. Uh huh. Now look at it. It now says, in the what? Loss of our flesh. Which means the walking in the lust of the flesh, glory to God, is what we find in the unbeliever.
What we find with the unbeliever? He says, walking in the lust of our flesh. Uh-huh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, I'm going to explain something to you when you talk about fulfilling the desires of the flesh and mind. The word fulfilling, all right, actually means to complete. Glory to God. To complete. So that means it comes as desires, as promptings from your flesh, urges from your flesh, urges from your mind. But it now says that the completion, that means the putting or bringing action to those desires is the work of the flesh. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, the flesh initiates in the thinking, or the urge, your body initiates in the urge, but it's now saying, fulfilling. So that means you complete it. You complete the action. So he's saying, the man who is not born again does not have a way, glory to God, of saying no to the flesh. Why? Because the flesh is his nature. Amen. And he is under a ruler called the prince of the power of the air that is influencing him in the direction of the flesh. Are you following so far? Very, very important to see this. Hmm. He now says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Notice, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now notice, remember we talked about something called um, Grand Vichap rule. Remember Grand Vichap rule? Where we said when you have two words in the Greek that are nouns, and you have one prefix, one uh, conjunction, and before them, okay? We have two words in the noun, all right? And one of them has uh, two words that are nouns joined by a conjunction, like and. Like, for example, when the Bible says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. St. John's Gospel chapter 3. He cannot what? Enter into the kingdom of God. We said that what he's talking about is one and the same thing. Correct? Correct? Now, but if you look at the construction here, amen, there are some of you that may not understand what I've said. I'm talking from, because I've taught other, um, this and other, this and that. Now, look at what he says here. He says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Now, notice there, are, there is definite article D in front of the flesh, and in front of what? The mind. Which means they are two separate entities. Correct? Aha, uh-huh, good. I just want to point that out. And of the mind. And where by nature, the children of what? Wrath, even as what? Others. So he's telling us who we were. Glory to God. Who we were. For. Everybody say, but God. Everybody say, but God. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy. For his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Now notice, even when we were, the tenses, he's talking about the man who has believed. He says, even when we were. So that means, all right, dead in sins is past tense for the Christian. We are not dead in sins right now. We were dead in sins. He says, even when we were, oh to God, whoo. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us, had quickened us together with Christ. Are you seeing that? Now, you see that word quickened again. The word quickened. 
had quickened us together with Christ. The word quickened that was in Eclipse in verse 1 is not in Eclipse in verse, two, uh, verse, uh, verse 5. How many of you noticed that? How many of you noticed that? He says, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. So, quickened there is zoe poyo. It means to make what? Alive. So he said, he has made us alive together with Christ. So that means we are as alive to God as Jesus is. We are as alive to God as Jesus is. Amen? I said amen. Amen. So it says, when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. So, the making alive of the sinner to God is salvation. Hallelujah. The making alive of the sinner to, all right, to God is salvation. The reception of the life of God by the sinner is salvation. Amen. So we can describe salvation as making dead men live. Or salvation to be waking a man from the dead. So when we see Jesus calling Lazarus, saying, Lazarus, come forth. He raised Lazarus from the dead. All right. In his authority, in that miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, we begin to see what he would do when he rises himself from the dead and gives life to all men who believe. In that, he raises the physical body of Lazarus from the dead, glory to God, but he raises the spirit of man, hallelujah, dead in trespasses and sins from the dead by giving him eternal life. Praise the Lord. Lazarus was raised from the dead to die again. The man in Christ was given life to live forever. So the man in Christ that has received eternal life will never die. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So the consistent thing what we are saying is that the man in Christ was a sinner that received the life of God and became a what? A son. Glory to God. Say that with me. The man in Christ was a sinner that received the life of God and became a son. So that means salvation also. Look, I'm giving you a different trans- definition of salvation. You see that? Salvation is what the translation from slavery to sonship. For the man without Christ was a slave of the prince of the power of the air. Because the prince of the power of the air controlled him. The prince of the power of the air ruled him. The prince of the power of the air kept him from aligning with God's plans and purposes. Hallelujah. But salvation is the translation from slavery to sonship. Praise God. Now, we've said that the man who has believed in Jesus has received life. He has received life. Now, let's examine that for a moment. In the book of Genesis, we see the Genesis principle. Where it says, and everything will what? Multiply after its kind. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11 to 12. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11 to 12. Now, it says, quickly, let's look at that. 
He says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit afterward is kind. Whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was what? So. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after its kind. Notice, everything we reproduce afterward is kind. So that means you cannot plant mango and reap orange. If you plant mango, you are going to reap what? Mango. Are you following what I'm saying? So, the life in the seed is the life in the fruits. Praise God. The life in the, the, life in the seed is the life in the fruits. So, when we talk about life, we should think about seeds. Because in scripture... When God wants to communicate the idea of life, he lets us into the concept of the seed. Now, when I'm talking of the seed, I'm not talking of money, no. You know, how, you know that's what I'm talking about. Because many folks, when they hear seeds, that's where their mind goes. I'm not talking of that one, no. Praise God. All right. We're talking of seed. Now, turn your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter 1. He says, being born again, not of corruptible seeds, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Can the church admin um, let everyone know that the link is back up? And if we have a challenge, don't keep quiet. Let people know that the link is back up. Thank you. It says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now notice, that expression, word, all right, that expression, word, the word, that expression, word of God, is it, actually better translated seed, because it is the Greek word spama. Amen? Spama, that's spama, where we get the English spam. Glory to God. So actually, it is actually better translated as seed. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Now, <laughs> you know the translators, when you study, find out how the Bible was translated, you're going to find out that there's a lot of things that played an influence in words that were used in translating the Bible. So there were political considerations, there were... Um, Propriety considerations. So, for example, you hear things like an, an Adam knew Eve. Because the men of the time that wrote did the King James translation didn't feel okay using a plain word for sex. Are you following what I'm talking about? So they will use new. You understand? You know, things like that. New, Adam knew. So you see, the thing is, the Bible in the original language is inspired. Because as the prophets heard it, he wrote it. But because we are not Jews, it had to be translated for our understanding. And when you are talking about translations, you now have to give room to the translator to use the words he feels comfortable with using, you know, his understanding and translation. That is why the Bible, we have to study properly. I, I, you know where you are following what I'm saying. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Because the King James Bible is a translation. Glory to God. I said glory to God. 
It's a what? Translation. You must never forget it. So the word in, is actually sperma in the Greek. That is seed. Seed. So when you say it's being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. He's saying, all right, by the word of God. So the, by the word of God there, he's telling you that the word of God is the seed he's referring to. Are you following? Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So by the word of God, all right, that's what he's referring to. So the word of God is the seed. So if you, if you said the seed of God that liveth and abideth forever, I'd be correct. Because the word is the seed. So he uses seed as a metaphor for the word. He's trying to tell you that just as a man's seed transmits the life of that man, and that life becomes a child, a son or a daughter, all right, via the mother, glory to God, such that the reception of that man's seed leads to what? The delivery of a child. He's telling you that via the seed of God's word, you have become a son. Are you following? That's what he's saying. So he's saying that via the reception of God's word, you have become what? A son. And because you have become a son, born of the seed of God, you have been what? Recreated after his kind. Huh? Now, what this passes across to us is that every believer has received a common life. The life we received, glory to God, in the new birth is not different. It's the same life. That is why the epistles written can apply to everybody. Because we received the common life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's why you find the word son is used to describe you. The word son is used to describe us. Why is the word son used to describe us? Used to describe you very simple. Because the son is the product of the reception of the life of God. And because you have received the life of God, you are a what? You are a what? Son of God. And if you are a son of God that has received the life of God, there are certain conducts that should be consistent with you as proof that you have that life. Are you following what I'm saying? It's like this. A man cannot behave like a monkey because he was not born of the seed of a monkey. Alright? Even though a monkey and a man, there are certain phenotypic features that are alike, praise God, but a monkey and a man are not the same. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying? A cat and a man are not the same. So the conduct, the behavior of that man will tell us what life is at work in him. Are you following what I'm saying? There are a lot of people that have grown up in church but are not born again. You are not a Christian because you spent all your life in church. Just as if you sleep in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. If you sleep in an airport, it doesn't make you an airplane. Your fruits reveal the light. Praise the Lord. I said, Praise the Lord. You have 
noticed that if you look at the reaction to sin in a believer and an unbeliever, it's not the same. A believer can sin and an unbeliever can sin. But one of the difference is when the unbeliever, the believer sins, he acknowledges I sin. His spirit man, you know, there is remorse. You know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There is kind of like a recalling in your spirit I did wrong. Why? Because his nature is against what he did. Are you following? But an unbeliever will sin and no shaking. Now, when the believer now begins to act that way, when it comes to sin, something is wrong. Praise the Lord. It means that that person has, is getting to a place where what the scripture calls the hardness of heart. Where his spirit man is a prisoner in his body. Where his spirit man is not able to express who he is, so he's in prison. Praise God. No, no remorse. You just person lies and cheats and all of that. No remorse, no repentance. It is an anomaly for a man in Christ to consistently live a wrong in a wrong way. Without repenting. Without remorse. It's not normal. It means that it is either the man has stunted in growth or the life was never there. The life was never there. Praise the Lord. Life was never there. When a child is giving birth to, men walk on two legs. Is that correct? Men eat with spoon. They eat in a particular way. Correct? Men speak the language. They are able to learn it, pick it from around. Is that correct? Now, when a child is born, he can't do all those things yet. But we give him time. Correct? After some time, we will see the expressions of those qualities in that child. Is that correct? Now, when we don't see it, we say something is what? Wrong. So the absence of fruit is an indication something is wrong. It's wrong. Something is wrong. So we said, we are born again of the seed of the word. Now, what is the seed of the word? The seed of the word is the gospel message. I remember, remember the parable of the sower. Parable of the sower, where Jesus talked about a sower went to sow. I think that's Mark, right? Mark 4. Let me 20, 24. So I goes to so notice that Jesus uses a seed as a metaphor for the word. Is that correct? Good. So the seed is the gospel. So when he says being born again, not of corruptible seeds, but of incorruptible by the word of God, that word is the gospel. So it is the reception of the gospel message that produces a son. When a man hears the gospel and believes it, he becomes what? His son, because he has received the life of God. The life of God is in the gospel. Remember Romans 1.16. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the what? Power of God unto what? Salvation. To everyone that what? To believe is accept. Receive. To everyone that believes, receives. The gospel is a power of God unto salvation. What is the salvation from? 
from darkness into what? Sonship. From slavery into what? Sonship. From darkness into what? And light. From night into what? Light. Night into day. Are you following what I'm saying? So the gospel is the seed. The believer is a son. He is a son because he is born of the seed. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 Behold how Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us or bestowed unto us that we should be called what? The sons of God. Go to verse 2. It says what? Very importantly, it now says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Not tomorrow. Now are we the sons of God. Who is the son? The one who has received the light. Is that correct? The one who has received what? The light is the son. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. That means we don't look like who we really are because of our what? Mortal bodies. Praise God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when it shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise God. Praise God. So men produce by their seeds, God reproduces by his seeds, the gospel. So the way and the mechanism to get sons multiplied on the earth is by preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. Now, when those men receive the life of God in the gospel, those men become sons of God. Now, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 16. Jesus Christ said here, he said, by, he was talking about false prophets. He now shows us a principle here. He says, for by their fruits you shall know them. Matthew seven sixteen to 20. By their fruits you shall know them. What does he say? You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Now, I'm going to remember the seed principle. And they shall reproduce afterward their kind. So he's telling you, you cannot gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles. Look at verse 17. It now says, even so every good tree, every what? Good tree bringeth forth what? Good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth what? Evil fruit. So that means the nature of the tree will determine the fruit it produces. Amen. So what God has done is that he has made us alive. He has made us sons. So that we can produce the fruit sons produce. God did not change our fruits. He changed our nature in the new birth. For someone always say, oh, I heard this prior they always say, what came first, the chicken or the egg? How many of you have heard that stuff? The chicken or the egg? Amen. Well, it depends on which one is the seed. Praise God. Which one is what? The seed. The potential for life. Which one carries the DNA? In the coded form. Hallelujah. Amen. Which one came from? The mango fruit or the mango seed? If you understand the Genesis principle, you'll find out that God's intent was to multiply through the seed. Amen. 
So, for example, we find that though in Genesis 1, it says the vegetation and the trees and all that, all of that were made, in Genesis 2, he said there was no tree on the earth because rain had not fallen on the earth and there was no man to what? Till the earth. Which means what we have in Genesis 1 is a bit different from what we have in Genesis 2. So no tree was on the earth until the seed was planted. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. The seed. So a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruits. Neither a bad tree good fruits. So that means as a believer, when you begin to find certain things that are present in the life of the unbeliever in your life, you need to pause and say something is wrong. I need to take some time off to pray, to read the word. You understand that? Why? Because this is not normal. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It's not normal. Because a good tree cannot bring forth what? Bad fruits. This means that the life in a tree determines what it produces. A son of God will bear godly fruits. So what fruits does the Son of God bear? Well, the question is, what fruits does his father bear? Because he will produce afterwards his kind. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Very clearly, the Bible calls God love. He says God is love. He didn't say God has love. He said, God is love. He said, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. So that means, a son of God loves. When love is absent, in the conduct of the son of God, John says, this person does not know God. Now, if you look at that word, know God there, alright, what he's talking about is an continuous knowing of God. It means that when a person walks in hatred, resentment, and is not walking in love, it's either that person is not saved, or that person has broken fellowship with God. When we're in broken fellowship with God, we are talking of active communicating in prayer and study of the word. Are you following what I'm saying? Why? Because it is not possible to be in active fellowship with God in the word and prayer and hate. Amen. If it is possible, then that person, the life of God was not present. Because the principle of love, the nature of love, is what, what we, we know sons for. Because that is who their father is. Amen. He that knoweth not, knoweth not God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. Romans 5, 8, 8. It says what? For God has commended his love to us. That why we were yet what? Sinners. Christ what? Died for us. So that means while we were in our state of rebellion, God gave us all he had. Which was himself. To pay the ultimate price for our sins. To take responsibility for our rebellious decisions. Which means the love of God, alright, is good and uh, gracious and merciful in spite of of the person's rebellion. So love does what it's going to do without consulting you. Because love is love. Love acts not in its best interest, but in your best interest. Even when you are rebellious. 
Are you following? I, I don't know. Are you following? That's agape love. Agape love is not dependent on what you do. Agape love is me being good to you in spite of what you do or didn't do. So it says, for God so loved the world. He loved the world of sinners that were in a state of rebellion, all right, and he loved them, and he died for them. Think about it. The world killed him. The Jews gave him up to die. The Romans crucified, crucified him. Yet, in that wickedness, in the expression of their rebellion, he was on the cross showing love to them. Now, we are born of this father, and we have the capacity to love others as he loved us. Amen. I said amen. Amen. So the fruit we bear is love. Look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 18. The conduct of the believer is love. That is your conduct. The culture of the believer is love. This is important for us to note. The conduct of the believer is love. The culture of the believer is love. Now Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18, he says what? He says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19, everybody read one, two, go. He says what? Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? He says what? Adultery, fornication. So let's start from when he says the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's 22, right? Let's go to 22, 22 to 23. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? The fruit of the Spirit is what? So we can call this the fruit of the Spirit. The, the Spirit there is not talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not bear fruit, so to speak. Because if you look at St. John's Gospel chapter 15, he says, Jesus said, I am the vine and ye are what? The branches. Where are the fruits on the tree? Are they on the vine or in the branches? Come on, talk to me. In the branches. So that means the fruit on the branches is proof that they are connected to the what? The vine. The absence of fruit on the branches is proof that they are not connected to who? The vine. Are you following? Are you following? So fruit, the presence or absence of fruit is an indication of a connection or disconnection from the vine. So it says, but the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit would be the result or the proof of being connected to the Spirit. Of being born of the Spirit is love. Hallelujah. Love. 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 Everybody say love. Louder, love. Louder, love. Now, love doesn't mean what many people think it does. Love you know, sometimes some people think that love is permissive and love is allowance. No. Because, <laughs> praise the Lord. You know, for example, when you say, I love my son, that doesn't mean you're going to allow him to do rubbish. Part of love is discipline. Amen. Are you following? Part of love is what? Discipline. Part of Proper spiritual parentage is discipline. And you find out that uh, Paul says, 
it is the son the father loves. He does what? Chastises. Are you following? And rebukes everyone he what? He loves. He loves. So that means one of the features of loving another is chastisement. The word chastisement there is the Greek mastigo. It means to scourge. It's not scourging with sickness. It's scourging with words. Which means that one feature of God's love to you is that there are certain things he will tell you, stop doing and rebuke you concerning something that may seem hurtful to your flesh. And many times he will do that rebuking and scourging through your pastor and those who are, you know, you are accountable to. Because the Spirit of God works in them and not the prince of the power of the air. Let's define love. Love is that disposition to treating men and women through the lens of the finished work. Love is a disposition of treating men and women through the lens of the finished work. Did you get that? It is the unique character of God that deals with men in accordance with his purposes and plans independent of their own faults and failures. It is the unique character of God that deals with men in accordance with his purposes and plans independent of their own faults and failures. So love factors our failures into the plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's love. So Jesus died for us, independent of our performance. He cleansed us of our sins. In the, how many of you know that Jesus cleansed you of your sin before you believe the gospel? How many of you know that he remitted and wiped out all your sins before you believe the gospel? How many of you that know that Jesus restored fellowship with mankind before you believe the gospel? But it is only when you believe the gospel that you come into the experience of it. Hallelujah. It is like putting money in someone's account, but the person can only enjoy the money if he what? Goes and withdraw. So even if the money has been put in his account, if he doesn't go and withdraw, he can die broke. So the, everybody that is in hell right now are forgiving their sins. They just didn't what? Make a withdrawal. And because they didn't make a withdrawal, they were treated as though they were not forgiven. Jesus did not forgive the Christian and left the sinner. No. He forgave the Christian while the Christian was a what? A sinner. That is the extent of the love. That is what the dimensions of God's love talks about. In that God has declared the sinner not guilty. Oh, are you struggling with that? Turn to 2 Corinthians 5. 
I don't know where you understand. <laughs> when God, Jesus paid the price on the cross, he paid the Christ, the price not for the church, but for the whole world. But for the whole world to actually what? Translate from darkness to light, he must what? Receive. And he receives by what? Believing. Amen. Second Corinthians 5. Now, I want you to look at this quickly. Look at this. He says, For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but to him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yet though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are what? Passed away. Behold, all things are what? Become new. And all things are of God. Pay attention. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Are you seeing that? He is not, not he didn't say church. He says to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world, the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses. So that means God is not counting the sins of the world against them. But if the world does not believe in Jesus, they don't make a withdrawal of what God has freely what given. So that means what they are saying is. God, you have made available forgiveness. God, you have given me a free gift, but I'm in rebellion. I don't want. God says, fine. Stay in darkness. You and the devil are party. I'm not going to disturb you. Hallelujah. But if you say, Lord, I want out. I want to be with you. I want to be a son. Then there's no problem. You're welcome. What I have already made available for you, you'd make a withdrawal on it, and you receive what I have already given you. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you getting it? Very important. Alright. So sons of God are loved, or have the love of God, and are dominated by that love. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The Bible says what? Hope maketh not ashamed, for the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. But he says, shed abroad. And hope make it not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad. Shed abroad. That means he's taking, describing the dominion of the love of God over our hearts. The love of God has been shed abroad. Hallelujah. Now, the Son of God, the one who is born again, has received the love of God. As the love of God, as the 
guiding principle in his life. Now, it is when this man walks in love that men see God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It is when you walk in love that men can have people seeing God in your conduct, the way you talk. The way you talk. The way your, your emotions. Your emotions. As, as, can we see God there? Praise the Lord. Is God manifested in it? As a husband, is God manifested in your relationship? Right. Note this. Notice everything we have talked about, fruits and all that. We are talking about believers' conduct. The conduct of believers and the love work of believers is seen in relationships. It is seen in what? Relationships. You will not be able to decipher a believer who is working in love and that who is not working in love except we see a manifestation in their relationship with people. Therefore, the relationship of your relationship with people lets us know the extent to which the love of God has gained the ascendancy in your life. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace. Notice. Follow peace with what? All men. Is this say some men? This is some men. All men. Now, why can this man follow peace? Because peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Is that not correct? Is that not correct? That word peace there is irene. It means tranquility. Tranquility. You are, you are a tranquil person. You don't look for problems. You are not easily disturbed. You are at peace with God and at peace with yourself. And at peace with people. Praise the Lord. That is who you are. You are not an, as they say in Yoruba, only jogmo, a troublemaker. People who are not at peace with themselves and at peace with God make trouble to make themselves the center of attraction. Have you noticed that? What is going on is that they are not at peace with themselves. Something is troubling them. And the troublemaking that they are conducting is actually to make themselves the center of attraction. So you also... When you see someone who's a troublemaker, what should you do? Walk in what? Love towards them. Now, that, 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 there, is a, there are Bible instructions to that. So, for example, the scripture tells us, it says, Mark those who cause division among you. And what? You say, mark them, then cut off from them. Now, if you look at that scripture, all right, Paul, in speaking to Timothy, says, gives you a procedure before you get there. He says, one the first time. Then, one the second time. If you don't see any of these things, call the old church. Or witnesses. One again. If it doesn't, don't company with the person. Are you following? So there is a procedure. So love has a procedure to discipline. Because the first approach is not to discipline. Amen. So even God, that's what he does for us. So he says, follow peace 
with all men. Now, listen, when you are, when you are hearing a sermon like this, it's for you. Every single person here. You understand? It's for you. For you. Whenever somebody hears a sermon, listens to a sermon, and begins to say, What is going on is this. That word is actually for you. The sin is this. What is going on is this. Let me tell you something. What is going on is this. You are standing in a place of self-righteousness. Amen. Yeah, you are standing in a place of self-righteousness. You don't want that light to shine on you. So you are deflecting it. And whenever you don't let the light of God, wherever you don't get let the light of God into, that place can never you can never be healed in that place. You can never get help where you don't allow light in. You can't get help. How am I between this? There are a lot of badly behaved Christians that don't know that they are badly behaved. They don't know. They don't know. Notice David. David behaved badly. But he came to say, I sinned. Right? Right? Good. So, behave badly. He was defending himself. Praise God. The destinies of the two was different. Because one always said, hey, I did wrong. I, you know, I was... <laughs> you saw the life of David there. And you look at the report. You know, <laughs> David was a man after God's heart. So people actually don't understand. You see, see, David killed a lot of people. Amen. You know, some of you don't understand. When you read the Bible and it says, and he just killed everybody, you can't put a picture to it. There are two people in the Bible that killed a lot of people. In wars. David and Joshua. So how many of you, when you read Joshua, you don't think about him as a man of blood and war? How many of you? Let me you think of it as a prophet, you know, and the spirit of the wisdom rested on Joshua because Moses had what? Laid his hand on him. Why are you talking? Joshua. Just go and read the first 10 chapters of Joshua. But they had to be that way because of the time they lived in. And because if they did not fight the way they fight, there will be no Jesus. Though. <laughs> because, amen, they lived in a time of kill or get what? Kill. That's how it was. Ah. The devil, because they lived in the time of sin and death. Amen. It was kill or be what? Maybe may not be tested. <laughs> <laughs> For example, Christians that live in that Boko Haram area. If I was a pastor there, I'm wondering what my sermon would be like. Because we will raise seed to buy AK 47. Ah, what I say? Ah, you think me I'll preach? No, why Jesus said if they slap you, wasn't talking about that one, no. Ah, amen. You was talking about that one, no. I will defend my family. Ah, you better believe it. And I'll be speaking in tongues while I'm doing it. Rakatakaye. <laughs> what are you talking about? Ah, amen. Either angels we do it, or I do it. We have to decide which one. Yes. Listen to me. One of these I'll talk about it. There is nothing wrong in Christians defending themselves. 
Amen. There's nothing wrong. Because think about it. We are saying we are the security forces. So take out the Boko Abi, and they, are, they kill the Christians. Abi, good. If the security forces are Christians, and they carry guns, and they shoot the Boko Haram, what's the difference? Does God have respect to uniform? Praise God. There's a difference between murder and self-defense. One is a sin. The other is not. That sin that has an ear. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. We are saved eternally. <laughs> so, as I was saying, the love of God is seen in your relationships. So, how will we know whether one, you are born again for you, or two, you are working in fellowship with God? It's in the way you relate with people. Praise the Lord. The way you relate with what? Let's now look at the works of the flesh. So you see what I'm saying. You know, pride. If you look at pride. Pride is in response, is actually in the container of relationship. Envy. Can you envy if you are the only one on the earth? Why are you envy? Oh. Hallelujah. Can you be bitter? If you are the only person on the earth, there must be... Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's always in relationships. Glory to God. So, when you are saying by yourself, and you say, Oh, she got I feel the love of God. Oh, Let me tell you how we know how authentic that Libaba and that encounter you said you had with God is. When we bring you with people. Have you heard some people say things like, I love being alone with God. I don't like dealing with people. I mean, you, you can't love God and hate people. There are some people that is familiar spirit they are fellowshipping with, calling the Holy Spirit. All those Holy Spirit, I love you. I love his familiar because see, encounters with the Spirit have definite impact, and the definite impact is in their relationship with people. Paul encountered Holy Ghost on the way to Damascus, encountered Christ. What was it? The guy who was murdering Christians was looking to fellowship with them. That is Holy Spirit encounter. The impact is definite. Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, sleeping around. She had seven demons, encountered Christ. She was breaking an alabaster box. Definite, it's not, do you understand? Definite encounter. You will see it, it will be clear. Something has happened to this person. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Works of the flesh, we look at it, 17. You will see that it is in relationship with people. In relationship with people. Amen. He says, For the flesh 
lust, which means the desires of the flesh. Now, that word flesh is the Greek word sax. Now, sax is used to refer to the body. There are two words used to refer to the body in the Bible. Greek words, soma and sax. Flesh. So, that flesh, you see, it's, when you talk about animal, flesh of animals, you know, it's flesh. So, when it says, for the flesh lusted against the spirit. Now, what is the flesh? The flesh is the part, write this down. The flesh is any part of the man that has not been regenerated by the spirit. So any part of the man that has not been regenerated is the flesh. That is your unrenewed soul and your unregenerated body. That's the flesh. So when he says the flesh lusted against the spirit, He's talking about the desires. How many of you sometimes have noticed? You have certain desires from your mind. Desires from your body that are not the word of God. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it happens, right? Somebody talks to you and you want to slap the person. It's the flesh. Someone talks to you and you are rude. It's the flesh. So look at what he says. He says the flesh lusted against the spirit. That means he's saying they want two different things. And the spirit lusted against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that he cannot do the things that what? He would. So who is the ye that wants to do something, but the flesh is not allowing him? Your created human spirit. Now, why is he saying that you cannot do the things that he would? Because... If you live in consciousness of your flesh, your flesh will be more real to you. So though your spirit wants to walk in love, you are in prison to your flesh. This is the description of the baby Christian. The one who is saved has received the life of God, but cannot express what he has received. He is still expressing the things of the flesh. Because he has not yet been trained or has not yielded to the training of the spirit. To express who he really is in Christ. So for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that he cannot do the things that he would. You cannot do the things that he would. Next verse. He now says. But if you be led of the spirit. Ye are not under the law. 19. He says what? Now the works of the flesh. Now pay attention. Is now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery. Notice adultery is based on relationship. Because you cannot commit adultery if you are not married. Because it is a married person sleeping with someone that is not their wife. Which means if you are working in love, you will consider your wife or your husband, and you would not. Are you following? Now look at the next one. Fornication. Fornication is lying with someone, two of them are not married, and they are lying with each other. That has an implication for the person you are lying with. Because if you don't marry them, or you sleep with them under false pretenses and all, all right, they will be hurt. I have not met a fornicator who was not wounded by fornication. The wound may not be external, it's internal. Praise God. But God forgives all sins. Praise God. Praise God. So, let's say you're a Christian brother and a lady offers herself to you. What's your response? Love response is to turn her down. Respectfully. 
first of all, by running out of the place, hallelujah, then explaining in a reason, I don't believe that your body should be used like that. Your, your body belongs to your what? Your husband, all right? And I will not disrespect you in your moment of what? Of weakness. Praise God. I said, praise God. That is love. That is what? Love. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. Then he now says fornication. Then the next one is what? Uncleanness. Amen. He now goes lasciviousness. Then idolatry. Then witchcraft. Then hatred. Hallelujah. Then variance. Amen. Then you see emulations. All these are King James words. <laughs> then you now have Rot, hunger. Then you have strife. Then you have seditions, heresies, works of the flesh. You know, you wonder, how is heresy work of the flesh? Let me tell you why heresies come. Heresies come because the person wants to be noticed. Praise God. So everybody say, God is the word. God is the word. Then you now come and say, the word is the God. The word is the God. You know why I'm saying it? So that you will sound different. Write this down. Heresies arise as a result of a need to be noticed. Self-advancement. Is the number one reason for heresy. You don't want to say something new. And usually, what puts people in that place where they want to say something new is the people. Ah, Pastor, we've heard it before. No, no. Some people don't understand what it means to hear the word. Hearing the word does not mean you heard it. Hearing the word means you heard it and you are producing results. We have talked of soul winning, soul winning. Where are your hundred disciples? If you don't have at least 100, you have not... Pro- ah. Where are they? Where are they? You said you've had how to get people with the Holy Ghost. How many have you gotten filled with the Holy Ghost? The proof of hearing is fruit. Not story. Is what? So it says... Envyings. <laughs> Envy is in relationship to people. So that is why what we kill the works of the flesh is loving people. And loving people is not being emotional. It's, you see, loving or walking in love is not liking. Like is emotional. Love is supernatural. Are you following? Like is not the same as love. Love is from your spirit. Like is, we have things in common. We are friends. I like her hair. She has money. She has connection. That's like. Love, most times when you love someone else, your reason and motivation for loving them is the word. Amen? Is what? The word. And many times in human relationships, when you find it difficult flowing with somebody, the person is not the problem. 
Hallelujah. Your flesh is the problem. Once you can pawn the light of God on that thing in your flesh that is making you act like that, until you find it, you will still be like that. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> yeah, we are the time. I had, we had this time issue in church. Some people got offended and they left. When they left, they were talking stuff. They walk in the flesh. You know, one of the things they even said was that my wife, they said my wife was a witch. Yeah. That the marine kingdom sent an agent. They were in this church for many years and they were talking like fools. I couldn't believe it. I said, this I'm talking of leaders. Leaders. I was like, dear Lord Jesus. That's why, you know, I, I took some steps. You know, can't, if I find a stupid person that made, made a mistake, and I will kick the person out. Ah, can't be sounding like somehow in this church anymore. Praise God. <laughs> and they were saying all those things. And those things were coming back to me. You know how gossip is. What we don't understand about gossip is, if you gossip, these walls, they have ears. They will eventually get back to the person you are what? Gossiping about. So I heard it. I felt sad. I was really sad and hurt. Because when all these people were talking like that, I had sacrificed for them. So I was like, if there's anyone, this one should not speak against me. But they did. So I was hurt for some months. Some. The thing was there for years. But as time went by, I was hit and I forgave them. So later on, one of them that was in that way, that said all those things, that left and stuff like that, all right, called me and came and apologized. I'm sorry for what I did and stuff, 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 stuff. Apologize. That's how those things go. Because if the Spirit of God is truly in such a person, all right, the Spirit of God will bring that person to you and say, You were wrong. Since I, was, I walked in the flesh and stuff like that, I first said, I thank God you have come to that place of maturity. Where you acknowledge what you did. I said, I don't want you to condemn yourself because of what you did. I've forgiven you, I've prayed for you, I've released you. You understand? But I was saying to the person that, listen, I now thought about it that if you had not had left this ministry as you did, the things that are happening now may not have happened. Because most likely you'll be occupying a role that somebody that better suited currently occupying. And I won't want to move you because of how long you have been with us. Yeah, you follow what I'm saying? That's how I saw it. You see, because love will influence your perspective. Love will make you choose to see things in a way that keeps your heart free of offense. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? So, for example, somebody speaks to you in a way you don't like. Love will make you say, ah, maybe the person had a bad day. We don't know. Don't let me judge. Amen. Amen. Maybe the person is going through a hard time. We don't know. Don't let me judge. Because love will give the person an excuse. Are you following? Now, this is what I'm telling you. You need to renew your mind. To begin to think in this new way. Because you see, you have filled your mind with the wrong way of thinking for a long time. So it may take time for you to renew your mind. Love. Love. You know, maybe for example, you went to school with someone, or the person was your junior in school. Then both of you come. Up. I remember asking that stuff. 
your juniors are doing better than you. How many of you have seen that stuff? Come on, let, come on, just put your hand up. Your junior, you have someone that is a junior to you in school and that is doing better than you. Amen. You just come at one time. You know, that, that thing can be funny. You have a junior person in this thing. I remember. I, <laughs> then both of you drive into a restaurant. You drive with your passat in. Then this person comes, vroom, vroom. So use our Lexus. Or messages best DLK, ML Kinikan, or C class, S class, 2019 model. Then you now are opportunity to park side by side. You know, one of the things that will first happen is that your flesh will want to what? Yeah. First, you want to first hide. <laughs> it's not me that has the passer to. Have you seen people that have disowned their car before? Ah, it's not me that owns the passat. It's not my passat. Praise God. You hear that? <laughs> Praise God. And you now begin to find envy may come into the place. Let me tell you something. Free your mind of those things. Love will correct your perspective. Love will say, wow. I am so happy that you are where you are. The same person that brought you here, praise God, we do my own according to my desires in my own time and what? Season. I do not envy you for your season. All right? You being in your season is proof that God has the time and calendar of all men in his hand. And when it's my time, I will manifest this too. Are you seeing that? So walking in love keeps you from being envious of what another person has. Because what, the way envy works is that because the person has it and you don't, you will now begin to what? Back at the person. We don't know all these young people. I was, it was six years my junior in school and he's driving this. When did he finish medical school? When did he finish school? Is it not two years he finished? He's driving this. All these yahoo yahoo boys. All this. That is what? Envy. Listen, envy many a times used to mask itself as concern. <laughs> as what? Concern. For example, you find someone who has been doing ministry for 10 years. He has not yet gathered 200 members. One dude shows up. Doing ministry for 3 years. Boom! 3,000 members. Amen? Protocol official. His entry SUV. In fact, he doesn't open his, his car door by himself. When he wanted to start ministry, he came to you for mentorship and advice. How do we do this? How do we do this? And you were giving advice. Give you advice. Give you advice. Give you advice. Hallelujah. But now, the advisor <laughs> and the advisee, we don't know who is, who is who. Amen. They are not finding that. Why that guy is growing that way and having that explosion? You, amen, you, instead of you to acknowledge what God is doing, you want to go back to the beginning when he was coming to you for advice. So you now want to come back and be doing seniority. Are you following? Then you now want to advise him. Do you know what you have to advise him? Be careful, you see. It's not about quantity. It's about what? Quality. Make sure you give attention to discipleship. You see, it takes time to disciple. So, you see, me, eh, I'm about quality. 
Now, are you seeing that care? Yeah. Is envy. <laughs> are you following? This what? Envy. Because after this guy has told that pastor, this is advice. He is still going to tell other people what he advised him. Then he's going to make it sound as though he will stay in that place of self-righteousness. All these people that are just in a hurry. They are in a hurry. They are in a hurry. Because sensitive. Something sensitive. They are in a hurry. Brother, is what? Because envy usually is a reaction to another person's success. It's a work of the flesh. Let me tell you something. I don't envy any man. No. What I have learned is this. If somebody begins to move forward, let me tell you what I do. First, I celebrate the person. Then I go and look for what to learn. What did he do? <laughs> Amen. What did he do? And when I see someone's success, it makes me pray. Ah, God. No, because it reminds me that God is not asleep. So I say, ah, God. You know, we've been talking about this thing for a while. Eh? You did it for this person. Remember me. Hallelujah. Yes. Remember me. And I keep, then I do, what can I let? And you see, let me tell you something. Many of the things you see happening in this church, is, this is what we, I did. I'm telling you. Because you, by the grace of God, I know what stagnation is like in ministry. I know it. I know what deferred hope is in ministry. I know it. Ah, I know it well. I know it well. I know what it means to start the same time with other people. Have you seen? Have you, I remember they'll say, I'm going to round up and stop here. I remember they'll say, Race, we ran. I was in uh, GSS 1. I always considered myself a fast runner. Then it was time to run. We wanted, when I was in Flying Us, Blue House. So we wanted to run and determine who will represent us in the heats. You know, there will be heats. Then we'll now do final, you know. So I felt I was the first person. It was time to run. On your mark, get set, go. Boom! I was in front. Then as we were running, 30 meter, 40 meter, I just noticed. Somebody had passed me. I said, second is not bad. I'll qualify. Another person passed me. Third is not bad. I'll qualify. Another person passed me. I said, is this your object meters? It looks like this is still long. Like that, like that. They were passing me. Passing me, passing me. Do you know what I did? I ran out of the field. <laughs> I was like, it will not be on record that I was last. You know, sometimes you can run out of the field. Then you fame Mozupu. Hey! <laughs> So sometimes in life, you can start me to start a business with somebody else. Then you know some people that say, when did the ministry start? <laughs> they give them the date. <laughs> then they will now say, as an hour, when did the ministry start? They give them the date. Should ah. <laughs> I tell you what you should do? Don't be envious. Then don't look at what God is doing for somebody else and begin to feel bad for yourself. Big mistake. Should I tell you what you should do? Listen, when you look at what God is doing for somebody else, the devil wants to tempt you to say, hey, yeah, why is it? No. Look at what God is doing with your own and begin to what? Thank him. What you thank God for, it will multiply. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? 
Please, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Very, very important, though. Very, very important. Envy will finish you. And all these things, works of the flesh, they are things that will not allow the move of the Spirit. Amen. For example, in a church, if you allow envy, you understand what will not happen is everybody will begin to jostle for position. Fighting over for position. You will not be seeing eye service. Why did they allow this one to give exhortation? Kata is giving it. I can do it better. Whenever a thought like that enters your head, you are an envy. And soon, that envy will translate to strife. You now begin to be calm. And what is going on in this church? What is, what is, what is going, you, you understand? And it will hinder the move of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. In marriage, it happens. Husband is envious of wife because wife is any more. Me, I don't have a problem. I just, I bring, let them someone go and give my wife one million dollars. So that you understand. That she can buy me a car for Valentine. Hallelujah. Amen. Envy. Why will a man have a problem with his wife having any money? What is wrong with you? Are you cursed? Eh? Why? But you will now become envious. And before you know it, the man will now begin to complain of things that are not there. Why is this spoon too clean? <laughs> Why is he shining? I have said it that I want my spoons half dirty, half clean. Why is it too clean? You, is it because you are any more than me now? <laughs> oh my God. Envy. Listen to me. Your conduct. You are the only one that has relationship with God. That hears God's voice. The world doesn't hear it too. The only way all right, they will see God. It's true, your word. Conduct does not save. But conduct could make them listen to your word, your gospel. Hallelujah. If you are a believer, you have slept with all your mortgage in your streets. Will they receive your gospel? Amen. Praise God. If as a pastor now, I'm married. I'm not sleeping with everybody in the church. Amen. When we are doing only go service, I say, take it. They'll say, which one? What are we taking? <laughs> what are we taking? No, let us understand. You will now find out that because of my bad behavior, dishonor has end. Are you following? Praise God. Dishonor has entered. Glory to God. They will dishonor me. They will dishonor my wife. They will not begin to teach honor. I'll be saying, David was a kinikon. <laughs> but he honored you, you know. We're not talking about Saul was yet. You know those sermons? They are correct. But let us not preach it because we've been badly. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Walk as a Christian. Let it be clear that you're a Christian. I'm not talking of sticker. Amen. And now I'm talking of. I'm talking of your conduct. Your when people relate with you, let them say, "Ah, what a wonderful brother! Ah, what a wonderful sister!" I 
at your place of work, let it be clear. When there's a task to achieve, they say, we are looking up to you. We are trusting you to deliver. Do you understand? That's a Christian. That's a Christian. Not, everybody is, you know, eggshells around you because you can, you can, you can bear for anybody anytime. Hallelujah. You can give it to them anytime. No. Say out loud, by their fruits, we shall know them. By their fruits, we shall know them. So walk as a Christian. Glory to God. Listen to me. I will scourge you with the word of God all the midweek in this February. <laughs> Amen. When a child is messing up, what do they do? They what? Plug him. Why? The Bible says that it is what? It said madness is within a child. But with the rod of correction, you will what? The rod of correction is the word. It's the same thing. If we are talking about cohabitation, people that are saying they are Christians and they are living together. Do you know what we do? We won't come to their house and drive them out. Amen. But what we do? We will use the rod of correction. Praise God and drive it out. Part of what we do is this big. So if the person is a worker in church and is cohabiting, we just say stop working. Hear the word. Because if you are heard the word where the spirit of God in you will constrain you. Amen. So this one that Holy Ghost has not had power to constrain you. It means you need the word so that we can allow Holy Ghost to do his job. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? Conduct matters. And let me just end with this. Your salvation is by grace. But your reward, your works, is what will be rewarded. So don't joke with this message. Don't joke with this. It can be the reason why you cry, even in, in heaven. You say, Pastor, can people cry in heaven? Didn't you see that the Bible says that they will be crying and it will wipe away their tears? They will wipe away their tears. May you not spend your life here and end up empty-handed. Make no mistake about this Jesus. He will not reward you for rubbish. He will not. Hear me? He will not. Jesus will not reward you for nonsense. nonsense. He will not reward you. So if you carry on, doing things, you will get no reward. Hallelujah. In case you think this Jesus is all this, I love Jesus. Tears. No, no. You can be, tears can come out of your eyes and you are in disobedience. That's why worship is not tears. Amen. Can be that eyes, water is plenty in your eyes. Worship is submission to God's will. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, from today. Louder, from today, I yield. All right, to the leading of the Spirit. I walk in the Spirit and I walk in love. I repent of any disobedience. I repent of any act of the flesh, even from today. Amen. Praise God. All right, can we package our offering real quickly? Let's package our offerings. Uh, those of you watching online,
Can we put up the um, account to give to? Let's put it up. Those of you in the hall, if you want to give, that's the account you can give to. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today, guys? Huh? Hallelujah. Listen to me. Guys, look at me. When you find yourself stuck in a particular work of the flesh, cast out devils. Did you hear what I said? When you find yourself stuck in a particular work of flesh, where you cannot stop, what should you do? Cast out devils. A devil has entered. Huh? You are always worrying. Worrying. You are just sitting now. Amen. Then all of a sudden, you just remember what somebody did to you. That thing that made you remember and now begin to hate that is the devil. Look. Praise God. Cast out what? I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. I cast out. Out. Praise God. Remember. Notice, ever wait. The persecution of David by Saul was sponsored by a devil. I'm ever know that, know that. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit what entered into him. And while David was playing with the what javelin um, with the violin, Saul took a javelin and threw it at him. Evil spirit sponsored hatred. So when you find yourself like that, cast out devils. Ah! In Jesus' name. You find yourself compulsively watching porn night after night you can't stop cast out devils a demon has entered praise God you find yourself always wanting to say yes to every woman yes and lady you are always finding every man attractive every man kill leg straight leg bow leg any leg alright cast out devils Glory to God. Cast out them. Like someone said, I've slept with 500 men. Cast out devils. It's not normal. It's not these things we do. No, it's not normal. Cast out devils. And he said, all of my friends do it. All of you need devils cast out of you. Praise God. All of you. We need to organize a session. And be saying, out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. When we don't know and are not aware that these things are devil-sponsored, you will find out that those activities will be endemic. It will just be, they will just say, that is how you are. You will be known for it. So they will now call the person, Shegun, Allah, Shegun. You understand? <laughs> That's what they do, Ivo. Busayo, Onisiga. Praise God. You know, as we see into our show, you, you will not be saying it. A devil is involved. 
When you now go, is that person a Christian? Cast out that devil. Tell the devil to seize the operation. You just try and boom. Person will not be normal. Then it will not be normal. Walk of the flesh, person will be dealing with. Occasional, I'm desiring. You understand? Not all this. Anything that has to this excess, uncontrollable is a devil that is there. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed? I said, Have you been blessed? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's rise up on our feet. Our time is fast spent. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.